Hi, I'm Marlon Walker, and I am live from Pelham's Wasteland, and today I have got another episode of the podcast for you guys. Um, I've got a couple of call-ins waiting in the wings. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to play call-ins today. I'm going to save that for later in the week, probably uh, Friday or Saturday uh, call-in show. Um, So this episode is just going to be a session recap, session recaps from a couple of recent sessions that I played and um, talk about those. So I think that's just going to be that. Um, So I hope you enjoy and let's get into it. All right. So starting with last Thursday, last Thursday night, we were supposed to play Barbarians of Lemuria. Um, Jason of the Nerds RPG Variety cast um, ended up not. He's the the game master for that game and he wasn't feeling well. So we ended up just hanging out on Zoom, which was actually a whole lot of fun. Um, It's one of the things I think sometimes, you know, as RPGers, we can get caught up in the idea of, you know, playing the game and doing the game stuff and all that sort of stuff. But it, you know, it's plenty fun, especially with people that you're friends with, you know, you like hanging out and playing games with them. Plenty fun to just hang out online and um, chat with people and all that sort of stuff. So I thought it was a lot of fun to do that with um, Jason and Carl and Eric for a little while, um, hanging out. And just sort of chat about games and life and movies and books and whatever else. Um, Just, you know, hanging out. So that was a good time. Um, And then that Friday, Friday afternoon was The Strange. So Che Webster ran us The Strange, um, which is a cipher system game. Uh, Che has run a couple of sessions of the Cypher system, and I got to play in one of them um, before, but this is sort of like a a Cypher system mini campaign. The idea is to do three full sessions of the Cypher system and um, from there move on to um, uh, something else or figure out. Basically, this is while Che is on um, summer break for school because he's a teacher so he gets a summer break um anyway so it was me and carl and jason and supposed to be evil jeff um, but evil jeff got busy so he wasn't able to play um but the, the three of us so uh jason's character is nick cage as in the nicholas cage the the actor and he's a uh, uh, a charismatic type. He's his stuff is all about leading and supporting others and all that sort of stuff. My character was uh, Doctor Jeremias Brass, who goes by Doctor Brass, and um, he's played by Jeremy Irons, of course. And um, he's a, a a paradox, which means that he's got this whole thing about like seeing the cause a causal nature of reality underneath the veneer of what seems to be reality and stuff like i it's kind of strange hence the title um but you know he can he's actually really built around um he's fairly good at uh, a lot of he's sort of designed to solve his, his uh verb is solves mysteries but um 
his skills are sort of more built around kind of talky talky stuff than they are more kind of traditional investigation, um, which is kind of interesting. I thought that was a kind of a fun twist on the character type and all that sort of stuff. And um, he's also got the ability to uh, like blast people psychically. And then Carl was um, Ziomara Diaz, who we all call Z. Um, who is posing as Nick Cage's bodyguard, who is a uh, vector. So she's a um, a kind of uh, in uh, capable fighter character, and she carries a gun. That's like her thing. Is is who who uh, is licensed to carry? I think is her uh, verb, and um, she's pretty tough. Um, pretty pretty tough character so um yeah it was good it was a lot of fun we basically um started off and um immediately the the whole nick cage thing caused uh problems because there was a whole crowd waiting at the uh santa monica police station that we went to and they were like you know Hey, it's Nick Cage, all that sort of stuff. And we had to sort of make our way through the crowd and um, then convince the detective that we were there trying to help and that we um, had some reason for being there. Um, showed off our estate badges, which is we're like, you know, low level members of this kind of special organization, the estate. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, we we talked to her and then we went investigating. We went to sort of the first crime scene and then we went to another crime scene and we ended up finding some information out about the this this creature that we thought was attacking people. Um, my first suspicion was that it was some sort of like a werewolf or something. Um, but it turned out to be because what happened was we went to this... Um, nearby uh, auction house for antiques and um, we sort of split up the parties uh, Carl's character Z went to a uh, followed the tracks of the creature while we went to the auction house and we found out we theorized that the creature had come from the auction house because they had gotten a shipment of goods from Moldovia from a, like an ancient Moldovian family castle um, and Z walked into this empty warehouse and found this monster, this kind of weird, like devilish bat creature with a, a spiked whip and um, shot at it a couple times and um, ran away. And we got the message on our smartphones that Z was doing that. So we ran to go get her. And um, I had found at one of the crime scenes a psychic grenade. So we... Um, Went back, tossed the grenade into the room, and um, uh, blasted this thing. And apparently, it destroyed it because there was no sign. It it like like its blood evaporated or something. I don't remember exactly, but it was gone when we we were sure that we hit it, and it was gone um, once we were done. So the psychic grenade must have taken care of it. It's like it didn't belong in the world or something. 
anyway, so we went back to the auction house and we found a wardrobe and it turns out the wardrobe did not lead us to Narnia. It led us to purgatory because we, I, um, Dr. Brass, um, opened up the wardrobe and was sort of poking around at it and then kicked to the back of the wardrobe and fell through the back of the wardrobe into this cave in purgatory. So, um, somehow we got to figure out how to deal with what's going on with this, uh, cave and the connection with purgatory and close up the, the gate somehow in the next session. So I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but, um, I'm sure we'll figure something out and, um, yeah, it was fun. It was really good. It's always fun to run, uh, to, to play in chase games. Um, I really feel like he does a good job as the GM. He, you know, on Dungeon Master's Diary, he's always talking about how he doesn't feel like he does a good job. So if you listen to this, Che, I always feel like you do a great job running games um, that they're a lot of fun to play in. And um, yeah, so The Strange, it was good. It was it was kind of a fun uh, mess, around, mess around with Cypher System. It's a lot less um, system heavy than the kind of previous time that we played Cypher, um, I think because we were all more familiar with it. I think that made Cypher System uh, feel a lot more like a kind of traditional game and a lot less like a sort of board game um, that we weren't talking about like difficulty numbers and spending all the time. We were talking more generally about the fiction and all that sort of stuff. And that made it feel a lot more like a sort of classic RPG and a lot less like, you know, oh, this is just like a series of challenges where you have to spend your resources efficiently, that sort of thing, which is always sort of a danger, I feel like, with a game like that where it is so kind of heavy on the the, the particular mechanical spend side that um, you can end up without a lot of... Uh, I don't know, with if you don't kind of keep your head in the fiction is something that I feel like a lot of story games have going on too, that if you don't kind of really work to keep your head in the fiction, it can start to feel um, pretty loose and not a lot of, like there's not a lot of kind of that's actually there, but that if you're staying in the fiction, it, it helps with that a lot. So anyway, I had a good time playing The Strange with Shay and Jason and Carl, all of whom are podcasters, so I feel like it's fine to talk about them We're using their first names. And Evil Jeff has a podcast, too, even though he wasn't there. Um, you should check out all their podcasts. Um, but it was a fun it was a fun little session. So um, we are playing again on Saturday, Saturday morning uh, for me. So that'll be a lot of fun, 8 a.m. start time. Um but yeah, the strange with the cipher system. It's a good, it's a good system. Nice, a lot of, a lot of weird, interesting ideas in there that are uh, pretty cool. So, anyway, that's going to be the end for this segment, and we're on to the next game. All right, I am back, and that means it is time to talk about the next game, which is. The One Ring 2nd Edition. So we did Session Zero for the One Ring 2nd Edition. We had some character creations. So one of the players made a Dwarven Scholar. 
which is kind of an interesting uh, choice, a little bit of a twist on sort of the standard dwarf character, but um, certainly something that the system supports. Um, we already had a Dunedine uh, leader. Um, I can't remember what the, the calling is called. Captain, that's what the calling is called specifically. So that's um, one of the players who did Session Zero before um, our first round of Session Zero stuff. Um, then we had a Man of Bree who is a champion, which so he is a, his calling is champion. So he's a, a fighter. We had an elf whose calling is warden. We have a hobbit whose calling is a treasure hunter. And what's the last one? Dwarf, elf, man of Bree, hobbit, and Dunedain ranger. So that's all of them. Um, so they're all really interesting characters. There's um, first first level or starting characters in um, the One Ring 2nd Edition have a bunch of cool stuff about them. Uh, and they all have... so. The way character creation works is that you sort of get a number of things based on your heroic culture and your calling. That's sort of the two big choices that you make as a character. Um, heroic culture being your character's um, cultural and ethnic background. So, like, you know, there's there's different cultures of men that all have different kind of cultural backgrounds, even though they're all basically men. But then there's, like, elves who obviously have they're a different kind of, uh, in D and D terms, a different race essentially, um, or, or dwarves. But anyway, so, um, that gets you some of the stuff, the calling gets you some stuff. And then there's stuff like previous experience. And in second edition, actually, you get to choose a starting reward and a starting virtue, which is really cool. Um, in first edition, you only got one of those. So you get two of them or one of each in second edition to start with, which is cool. Um, so anyway, the, the result is I think a bunch of really interesting characters. I'm really excited to see them in play. Took us um, about an hour and a half to do all of the character creation stuff, which is not too, not too bad at all. I think. Um, so it was a fun, it was a fun little session. Um, you know, it was good to make the characters. We're going to play some of the adventures that were written for first edition One Ring and sort of see how they convert, how well it works to just sort of run them out of the book for second edition. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be good to play those adventures with those guys. And um, we're going to do that for a little while, do, you know, five or 10 sessions, who knows how many sessions, but we're going to play one ring second edition for a little while. And then we're going to sort of um, reassess, try to decide what we want to do. Um, because, you know, if we decide that we will, we're enjoying the one ring. We could always play more of it. If we decide that we want to go back to shadow, the demon Lord, cause this was originally the shadow, the demon Lord group. We could always go back to shadow, the demon Lord. If we decide that we want to play something else or that somebody else wants to run something, we could always do that. So there's a lot of options available 
and um, I'm pretty excited for that group. Um, I feel like it's a good a good group of guys to to play the One Ring Second Edition. Um, the only person I think you would know from that group is Jason Connerly of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, who is playing the Hobbit. Um, so his Hobbit character is pretty cool. Um, he, I think, did a discussion of character creation for the One Ring Second Edition on his podcast. So you should check that out if you have not already. But otherwise, yeah, it was a fun um, character creation session. I think that character creation in the One Ring is super flavorful. It gives you a really good sense of like the culture that your character comes from. Um, there's a really strong sense of like belonging to a certain culture rather than just the the way that kind of like D and D race and class work often. I think doesn't give you that nearly as much. Um, but I really I really enjoyed this uh, session of character creation. I felt like it was a really good, um, you know, way to sort of start talking about the rules. Um, I also did uh, set up one of the things that I'm going to do going forward is just to have it have an X card macro in all my Roll20 games, which the X card macro is basically just a macro that whispers X card to the GM. And so the idea is that the players can put that in their macro button bar and have a button on screen that whispers X card to the GM um, if they ever run into something that needs to be whispered X card, essentially. Um, just as a, as a way to make sure that that is um, available and accessible to all the players, I feel like it's worth having that as part of uh, play. So... Um, Anyway, that's uh, that's my little thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been good. It's been fun. Um, the the One Ring character creation session. I'm really excited for the One Ring Second Edition. Um, I feel like a lot of the changes they've made have been really positive. There's some really interesting changes that um, I think make for a really interesting um, game. Um, so I'm really excited to play some One Ring Second Edition with the guys, um, and um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. On Saturday, after the Strange session, we are back to the One Ring uh, Second Edition again because we're playing every Saturday is the plan, and um, we will be playing uh, playing that. So yeah good stuff good stuff is it, it was a fun session of character creation a good session zero and um now i'm on to the last game which is carl's twilight 2000 game all right so the last game on the list is carl's game of twilight 2000 carl rodriguez gm extraordinaire of the gmologist podcast um it was him and uh, me and Jason again, and then a couple other people, um, including Carl's wife, Amy. I figure it's okay to talk about her because it was for her birthday. Um, but, um, and one of the players actually from my One Ring game uh, was there too. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I, so they had, um, I wasn't there for the first session. So 
I ended up, excuse me, the character that I had sort of picked out from the pregens was away from the group. So I ended up being the designated dice roller for all the dice rolling needs for the first part of the session um, until I sort of took him over. Um, but it was good. The players, um, we did, um, you know, there's a fair bit of talky talky stuff at the beginning, trying to figure out, um, get some information, get some goods from the Soviets that they were meeting with. Um, talked to them and and made some convincing arguments to get some radios and some uh, other stuff like that. And then they went back to pick up the M113, which is the APC that um, they had as the sort of group vehicle. And then we drove sort of around the town that the Soviets were occupying and into the forest and um, hung out in the forest, found a... Um, a sort of shack or a, a small house where some people had been killed. Um, and that was a little distressing, but they, um, we decided to bury them. So we just, you know, buried them and got the stress back. Um, and then we just sort of hung out and worked on setting up a, um, a still to turn potatoes into vodka or into alcohol and um, trying to transform because the the diesel engine on the M113, we realized what, that there's not a lot of diesel around. So it would be better if we could run it on um, alcohol. And so we um, transformed the engine and hung out. Um, there was a sort of brief thing where uh, one of the characters ended up smelling kind of an odd smoky smell nearby. And so he and his buddy went off uh, and uh, went into the woods and um, they found a, a sort of small camp of what they believed to be cannibals and um, decided not to engage them then. And so then the next morning, while most everybody was sleeping off, because a lot of people worked through the night. So the next morning, while most of the party was sleeping and my character was on watch, um, those cannibals arrived at a campsite. And um, they said they wanted to talk, but they were acting pretty suspicious. So my character basically shouted to wake everybody up. And... Um, then they were sort of spreading out and one of the other characters tried talking to them. Uh, Carl's wife's or uh, Carl's Amy, Amy's character, Kasia um, tried talking to them and tried to get them to what they want to do and ended up convinced, ended up terrorizing them enough that they started running off and then shot and did not hit anybody. But of course, as soon as the bullets start flying, my character was like, Oh, we're shooting at them. So, so I shot, I gunned down two of them from behind and then a third one the next round. So we ended up gunning down most of them and taking one of them prisoner. Um, so we have now one cannibal prisoner that we're, we're going to have to decide what we want to do with these bodies and with the, the prisoner. Um, so it was fun. It was a good session. Twilight 2004th edition. It's a little bit funky in terms of like how the, the dice mechanic works and how the, the system works. But, um, you know, it's not too funky. It, it works all right. 
And um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's uh, always fun to play in Carl's games. That was on Monday evening. And so we didn't end up playing on Tuesday evening. Um, I don't remember if this was an on Tuesday or an off Tuesday. But anyway, um, Twilight 2000, it was the the fourth edition. It was pretty fun. Played pretty quickly. Um there's sort of a lot that can happen off of each role, which is one of those things that I personally, I kind of like. I like the idea that, you know, you roll once for a social encounter and then you sort of talk through what happened in the social encounter instead of like, you know, roll every time you make a point, that sort of thing. That's something that I, I don't always, um, prefer that, but I think it can be, um, I think when, um, it works well, it does work well, basically that was meaningless. I know, but anyway, um, yeah, twilight 2004th edition, it was pretty fun, a little funky, a little bit, um, you know, there was some other stuff like the, the sheet had somebody when they updated it, um, had damaged the or had uh, disconnected something about the sheet so it didn't display the dice rolls correctly. So that was a little annoying, but um, you know, it's okay. Uh, you just have to hover over the, the roll to see what you actually rolled because it had a little, you know, this image does not exist icon. Um, so anyway, but it was good. It was a lot of fun to play Twilight 2000 um, with everybody. Um, and it was for Amy's birthday. So happy birthday, Amy. Um, only a couple days late. And um, yeah, it was good stuff. Good stuff. So um, I think that's going to be the end for this episode. Three games that I played. Three session recaps. Um, all of them were a lot of fun in, um, Che's game of the strange, my game of one ring second edition and Carl's game of twilight 2000. I had a fun time at all of them. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, a good, uh, sort of long weekend of gaming. So, um, yeah, it was pretty good. For next episode, I have a number of call-ins, especially about the kind of skills in Bone Crunch. There are a number of call-ins about that. Um, so I'm going to do that. And then also I will say here on my YouTube channel, I have been doing RPG A Day 2021. I'm not doing it here um, just because I feel like it kind of floods the the feed and not everybody is interested in that and it's easier to ignore stuff on YouTube basically. Um so I'm not doing RPG a day 2021 here on the podcast, but if you are interested in that content, I have been doing RPG a day 2021 content on the YouTube channel. So you should go check that out if you are interested. Otherwise, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for watching everybody or for listening. Everybody, you can tell I've been doing a lot of YouTube videos. Um, but thanks so much everybody for listening. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing these session recap episodes and talking about the games that I played and all that sort of stuff. So this was good. Um, yeah, I've been Arlen Walker. I've been live from Pelham's Wasteland, and I will see you next time. Take care, everybody.